Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of School of Unlearning. This week, we have just one of the coolest people on the face of the earth, one of my favorite people, Jesse Podolik, is with us. And we're going to talk about a, a different kind of topic. We're going to talk about pain. And um, it's going to be a really important, powerful conversation. So we're really glad that you joined us. Well, hello, Jesse. Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so happy to be with you. <laughs> Me too. You, it's I nice mean, to see your face. I mean it. There are some people I'm with because I have to be. Mm-hmm. You are not one of those people. You are truly one of my favorite people in the world. We always have such incredible conversations. We have uh, just a 20-year friendship mm-hmm. now, um, you and Rick and Whitney and I, and, and uh, it's just so fun being with you. It is. Rick and I hung up the ornament that we got at your house. Come it's on. a little French horn. Come on. It goes on the tree every year. We just hung it up last night. That's so awesome. And so, yeah. In core group year. back in the day. Yeah. I mean, we have stories, some of which we will not discuss here <laughs> on the podcast, but nope. it's very cool. So, Jesse, um, a lot of people know you. Some people don't know you. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about what you do. All right. Well, Let's see. Um, first of all, I'm a wife and yes. a mom. Yep. So uh, Rick and I have been married. It will be 25 years. And then I have two awesome boys, Logan and Luke, um, who are lovely young adult men. Yes. And um, so that's an adventure all in itself. <laughs> um, and I am a physical therapist. Yes. Uh, I have been. I graduated in 1998. Wow. Long yeah, time ago. so I've been a PT since '98. Wow! And I've worked in lots of different settings, uh, hospital-based setting. Did some contract work at nursing homes, so saw that end of it. And then a lot of outpatient physical therapy work. Um, done some aquatic therapy. Uh, worked kind of in a local clinic where uh, uh, several patients who really struggle mm. kind of went. You know, man, they've they've been through the gamut and sort of the the. Clinics of I don't want to say last resort, but right. we get we get a lot of challenging patients. Yep. Um, and then in 2013, I uh, decided that I wanted to try my hand at a little different model, and so I opened my own clinic. Mm. Um, and so that's been interesting. And around that time, I started also doing some teaching. What's the name of your clinic? Filio Health. Yes. So Filio after the word brotherly love in the Bible. Yes. Um, so it's. The same type of love that brothers in arms had together yeah. when they would enter the battlefield. There you go. And so, and it's also the type of affection that you have when you see someone who you haven't seen in a long time, like Yay. Paula Filio, you. I haven't got to see you for a long time. And right. then there's the wordplay. Yes. Like, come over here. You've got elbow pain. Let me feel your arm. <laughs> right? But I'm bumped. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Filio health, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You're, 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 uh, Underplaying yourself a little bit, you have in recent time become a nationally recognized expert in this area of of pain. Well, yeah, it's I don't know you you brag on me. That's kind, but I, I work for um, it for a company called Evidence in Motion. So yep. I started doing some teaching back in 2013, yep. um, and kind of just along the journey wound up with kind of the dream team of one of my mentors, mm. Dr. Adrian Lowe. And uh, he saw something in me and said, come teach for us. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. I was taking a specialty certification at the yep. time. That was 2016. Yep. So I've been working for Evidence in Motion for 
four years um, full time this past year, which has kind of cramped my clinic time. But um, but we're just trying to do both. Um, but in the in Evidence in Motion, I do uh, lead a program called the Pain Sciences Fellowship. Yeah. So it's taking PTs, OTs, doctors, nurses, you know, any licensed healthcare discipline that wants to take their understanding of pain to a really deep level and kind of use it to, to change the world. I, rem- like, I that's, rem- that's rem- the point. I, well, I remember when you were going, you know, back to school, getting mm-hmm. certified, and you were just really leaning into this thing of pain, and you were mm-hmm. so excited. But what, what caused you to say, I want to understand this better. I want to think about this differently. I mean, what was that? Um, I think a big thing is just a lot of failure, mm-hmm. like falling on my face for 10 years, working at a really high, you know, highly skilled, with highly skilled therapists, learning great hands-on manual skills, learning the stuff that was supposed to work. Yeah. And it worked for a good handful of people, but there would be some folks that the best treatment I could deliver yeah. wasn't right. doing the trick. And I remember thinking, I stink at this. I don't like stinking at anything. <laughs> and so, or the things that I stink at, I just avoid and don't do. Right. And so, I, but I wanted to do therapy and I wanted to, to be able to help the suffering. Like mm-hmm. these folks were really, really suffering. Right. And so, I, that was um, in 2008. I had been out for, two, for 10 years. Yep. And I decided, I'm like, okay, I, I stink at this. I'm either going to have to, go be a sandwich artist. Like, cause I was bringing these patients home with me in my head. Right. Um, or I've got to get better at this. And yeah. so I went for my doctorate, um, back in the day when I graduated, you would graduate with a master's. Now all PTs coming out have a doctorate, but yeah. I went back for my transitional doctorate and I was in a class on lumbopelvic, you know, issues and it was week seven and I'll never forget it. It was the biopsychosocial elements of low back pain was mm. the week. And I just lit up hearing some of this this content. And one of my colleagues said, you know, you're chatting an awful lot on the boards about this stuff. Have you ever taken explain pain? Hmm. I'm like, what's explain pain? <laughs> they're like, look it up. And I looked it up. And here there was an a offering of this course in Minneapolis wow. in two weeks. So I was like, oh, like the, the heavens opened yes. and the doves flitted down. And I'm like, it's meant to be. It is. So I went to this course and I mentioned Dr. Adrian Lowe. He was teaching this course about explain pain. And he introduced me to concepts of neuroscience, pain neuroscience, that made all of the puzzle pieces fit. Like yeah. I was like, no wonder that's not working for that right. person. And, right. and trying to do the same thing, no matter how good you do this thing for that is barking up the wrong tree. It's yeah. probably never going to. And that's really got me excited. To, yeah. and, and it really was a perspective shifter because I was actually, at that 10-year mark, kind of getting mad. Like, I was mad at myself. I'm right. not good at this. Um, but I was, I was also getting kind of mad at my patients. Right. Like, why wow. aren't they getting better? Yeah. Come on, they must not be, they're not doing their homework. Uh-huh. They're not, like, I was getting mad. And right. I was judging. Yeah. I was being kind of a, yeah. 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 Not a nice person. Not a nice person. <laughs> and so, but this helped me 
reframed how I look at people who are in pain through yep. this biopsychosocial lens, like understanding the biology yep. of how pain works, understanding the nervous system, understanding that there are social elements and all kinds of stuff that go, like the complexity of it. Because yep. the way we learned it, and many healthcare professional, professionals who have been, you know, who went to school 15, 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, we learn a very biomedical approach. Right. Everything is cause and simply effect. cause and effect. Yep. It's you, if you can't see it on a scan, it doesn't exist. Yep. And if you can't find it in the blood work, it's not there. Right. But that's not true. Right. And actually, it's really confusing and as weird as it seems. Sometimes you see it on the scan. Yep. And there's that one symptom and a person is 100 million percent yep. functional through and through. In fact, 40% of adults are walking around with disc bulges. Right. As a young therapist, when I would, somebody come in, what's, what's going on? I've got a disc bulge. They were freaked out. I'd kind of freak out. Right. Like, oh, this is a disc bulge. And I learned that, wow, a lot of people have this. Right. And they don't hurt. Yep. Some people who hurt really, really, really bad go on a scan. They have every test in the book. And you can't find anything that would validate that or confirm that. And so, yeah. you know, so this mismatch was, you, the pain neuroscience really helps understand how that can be true. Yes, and. You know, one of the things we'll get to in this conversation is the spiritual connection to mm -hmm. all of this. And just as you're going, you're talking, just things are just going in my mind about the tendency we have in your your world and then in the, the spiritual um, growth world to, to fall into shame and blame, mm -hmm. you know, that somehow or another, this should be getting better. And if there's not a reason, someone's to blame and you should be ashamed of yourself. So it's the doctor's fault or the patient's fault or God's fault or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we love to do that. We love to do it in spiritual struggles. We love to do it in physical struggles. We love to do it in those struggles that are some of both. Because mm -hmm. actually all of them are some of both. Even even those one, those struggles we tend to think are, boy, this is just a spiritual or a, an emotional thing. Well, that's that's all connected to the physical person. We are hopelessly integrated. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things I hope people get out of this is some permission to get off the shame-blame train. Yes. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Let's get into some of this a little bit. How would you define pain? That, that's such a fundamental question, but people don't think about that. How would yeah. you define pain? So I think probably a good way, a good place to start with that, because it, it's a great question, is kind of how the experts define da, pain, da, da, right? Yes. So there's a group called the International Association for the Study of Pain. And these, Ooh, they're all way above my my brain capacity and pay grade. Super, super smart, Yes, you know, scientists and and healthcare workers, physicians, just like the really smart people get together. They talk about this stuff inside and out. Um, but the, the agreed upon definition right now is that pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. Read that again. Yeah, because there's a few words. So Some of them are like yeah. almost triggering. Right. <laughs> so it's an unpleasant. Yep. Not many people like playing no, pain, right? No, um, An unpleasant sensory and emotional wow. experience. Right there is worth the, just wow. Yeah. Right? Yep. So. And I, I would add to that spiritual. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All, right. All right. So unpleasant sensory and emotional experience mm -hmm. associated with actual or potential wow. tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. 
So that kind of goes back to what I just mentioned. You don't, there doesn't even have to be damage, yep. right? Um, I think of pain, so for me, above all, the, the word that jumps off the, the page for me in that definition is experience. Yes. Um, a lot of people like to think of pain as a signal, right? right? Pain is a signal, yep. blah, blah. Well, if when we say something like signal, it kind of takes this whole big experience of pain and zooms in on one little piece of it, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if we got into the neurophysiology of what our nerves do when they receive input from their, their different sensors, right? There would right. be a signal that right. comes in from, from a nerve sensor that goes up the nerve into the cord and up to the brain and is processed. Mm. Um, so we have an input and then some processing that happens in the brain yep. and then output. Right. Pain is the experiential output, mm. okay? And the brain is always asking a question about various inputs. So the input can be coming from within the body. It can be coming from with, from, from the environment around us. Mm-hmm. Um, we are getting input all of the time, so much, so much input that we're filtering all of the time and sorting it out. But the brain is always asking questions mm. about this input. The biggest question it's asking is, how dangerous is this? Yes, what do I need to do to keep you not dead? <laughs> right? My friend Liz Pepin, she always says, what do I need to do to have you not dead? Because the brain is our primary survival organ. Right. It's an organ. You know, a lot of times, this is, this is one thing, you know, when, whenever we talk about, the, about pain, we have to talk about the brain. Right. And I have to be very um, alert when I'm talking with someone who's experiencing pain. Right. And so anyone out there right now, if you're experiencing pain, please hear me out on this. Um, because it's real easy to get frustrated or discouraged when you hear the word brain. Because many people who are suffering have heard this, um, this or they've experienced and they've felt this judgment and shame, yep. like yep. you mentioned, from others. That's all in your head. Yep. Well, that's a, that's a load of baloney. Right. But there is some truth to it in that your brain resides inside of your skull, which right. is resting upon your neck. That's so where it's, the neurons it's, it's, are. That's yeah. where the pathways are right. happening. You yep. have to have a brain right. to have pain. If you, if you didn't have a brain, there wouldn't be that experience. Just like, so when we talk about pain, we talk about the brain and the nervous system. Mm. Just like if I were talking about diabetes, we'd talk about the pancreas and sure. insulin and all of that. So it's just an organ. If you think about your brain as an organ, um, but your, your brain is your master survival organ, mm. right? And it really is having to make these decisions so fast and so frequent. Like we can't even really wrap our minds around what this entails, but the brain is always filtering. Right. How dangerous is this? How dangerous is this? Do I need to take action right. to, to change this situation, to yep. somehow protect my body, my person, me? Right. And so, so pain is the experience that that is had when the brain has concluded, yep, danger. Yep. Do something. Yeah. Something must be done. Yep. Right. And and there's so much, man, there's so many things I want to jump in on just that definition, that conversation. But I mean, it's even that part of what happens to your brain when it perceives danger. Mm -hmm. I mean, certain parts of your brain light up and other parts of them turn off. Right. You know, you go into survival mode, fight, flight, whatever. Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, you ter- start turning off things like empathy and mm-hmm. higher brain functions of compassion and, and 
you know, problem solving mm-hmm. and creativity. And um, it's hard to enjoy life when mm-hmm. you're in that fearful kind of thing. One of the questions I had talked to you about earlier in terms of, um, well, well, let me let me save that question a little for a little d- down the road. Let me ask you this: what 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 do you think our our culture's common perception, our common um, perspective on pain is? Um, I think that there are certain circumstances that our culture would. I don't want to use the word like condone, but would understand pain. Right. You break your leg. Yeah, of course that's going to hurt. Compassion. Oh, yeah. Help, yeah. Let's, right. Let's. Um, but I think there's also many conditions that are um, hidden. They're silent. The person looks fine. Right. You look at them, they look healthy. And we have no clue of how bad they're right. hurting. And, right. you know, I have to, I'll mention my sweet grandma, um, right. Bushi, Busha was Polish, yes. and so we call her Bushi. Oh. And 20 years ago, when I was in, well, 25 years ago now, when I was in PT school, I remember her asking me, thick Polish accent, Jessica, what is this thing? I keep hearing about this thing. One of my neighbors has it. It's called fibromyalgia. What is that thing? <laughs> is that a real thing? Like, is it real? Right? And, and I was like, yeah, Grandma, it's real. it's real. And the more I've studied pain, the more I want to say, like with a big sign, it is real. Right. And I think over the years, there has come to be more acceptance that some of this pain, these mm-hmm. these different conditions, these kind of quieter conditions are real and people right. are having pain. But because there isn't a biomarker mm-hmm. where it's a real clear, yep, I see it, yep. or there's the lab result or whatever, yeah. there's still some skepticism yes. over pain. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, so I think we're getting better, but yet I think on the other side, there's still skeptics and there's still a lot of damage that yeah. happens when, um, you know, when someone goes to see someone who's supposed to help them right? and there's not adequate validation. There is no such thing as fake pain. Right. We've never scanned fake pain. Yep. Yep. It's but, the, it blame and shame. Yes. You know, and even... And so, you know, part of our story, Whitney and our story, is that we have had, we've been the secondary witnesses to pain with our daughter who grew up in a chronic condition, which, which was very involving pain, and and just saw the different kind of pain that comes when um, you're with a healthcare provider, particularly if I can just say some of the old schooler, older folks who just, they had a whole cause and effect kind of thing. And, and we scanned it, we tested it, we measured it. There doesn't seem to be anything here. It must be in your head. And just the 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 um, attitudes of somewhere between them being annoyed and um, placating and um, dismissive. And I can't tell you how many doctors we went to who just did not get that, that this was a very real thing. And then when, you know, went through the process and finding people who did listen and then did get, get a diagnosis, oh, my gosh, this is a real thing and a measurable thing and all those things. The, the the journey of getting to the the place where um, you know it was validated was huge it was mm-hmm. absolutely huge mm-hmm. so I think about people so an individual you know how, how we do that to ourselves so how, how do people place expectations about pain on themselves I mean so I know when someone comes in my office and they're in some kind of pain um um, usually they want to blame themselves. They want to shame themselves. They want to be embarrassed for having this problem. People don't realize how embarrassed people can be 
when they're sick, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then they, the question is, how do I get rid of it and how long is it going to take? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to be in your world too, right? Yeah. So part of our culture's um, perspective from, my, from what I see on pain is not only um, blame and shame, but, but low tolerance, uh, not, uh, you know, there's obviously two meanings to that, but, but low patience for mm-hmm. it, you know, that you should do something to get rid of it. I don't want to hear about this anymore. And it, and it causes people to isolate. It causes people to just buckle up and try harder and try to push through it in ways that we don't recognize some of the gift of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking about this, like, you know, is there a bright side of pain? Mm-hmm. Is there, what, what does pain have to, to do for us? Um, and I think, well, A, I, people are always surprised when they have pain, right? Like right. it's unpleasant and it shouldn't be there. Yes. But I think of one of my very favorite scriptures is when Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Yep. Take heart. Right. I've overcome the world. Like we have a guarantee that we will have trouble. Right. Pain feels like trouble. It's unpleasant. It's like, we shouldn't be surprised. Right. You know, and pain it, it's this opportunity. I was I was writing this in my little journal the other day that pain's this opportunity for self-examination and course correction. Sure. Right? Like it does, it gets us to stop in our tracks. Right. What's the threat here? How dangerous is this? Do I need to change course? Right. Sometimes the answer is, that's not always that I have no. to take action. Sometimes it's just this opportunity to really, I think... Join in the suffering yes. of that's part of, like we wouldn't know joy without suffering. Right. Right. So sometimes pain just is. Yes. Well we don't have patience for that. We I don't, don't want that. We don't. I, I I was visiting my my medical doctor years ago and I was getting my annual physical and I was talking about um, just a part of my body that I just noted started hurting. Mm-hmm. And I and I was kind of like, you know, um, my mentality was, okay, are we going to throw a pill at this? Are you going to fix it? Do I need to address it? And, and he, he just looked at me, you know, my doctor, and he just said, um, he said, uh, here's the dirty little secret, Paul. Everybody has pain. Yes. Everybody has pain. It's just part of life. Mm-hmm. And part of what you have to figure out as you're going along is, okay, maybe my knee has pain in it because I'm getting older and I had an injury or there's a tear or because the the stuff in there is getting worn down. How long do I want to live with the pain before I address it? And sometimes the answer is I'm just going to live with this pain mm-hmm. because I'm young and I don't want to get the knee replacement yet. And yep. all those other, you, you balance that out. Yep. But just for people to recognize you're going to have pain in this life. Mm-hmm. So you, you might want to figure out a different perspective and, and it's not that you did anything wrong. It's not that the world's horribly unfair. It's just, you know, we're, we're spiritual creatures physically embodied. And physical things, you know, experience pain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, some people are born where, okay, a certain part of my body is different or not quite. Mm-hmm. And so it clicks or it hurts or I lay on it wrong or that's just part of life. So, and I, and I say that in these little things because I realize a lot of people are hearing your, are, are probably jumping on the chair saying, no, my prayer. My pain is huge, big. Uh, just to change the perspective of um, pain means I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Pain yeah. means I'm unloved. Pain means that I'm not yeah. 
Pain is just part of the human experience. Yes. There are people who have a genetic condition where they don't experience pain. Yeah. Those people don't live very long. I bet. They burn themselves and don't know it. They wow. get wounds and don't get know infected. it. They break bones and don't know it. Think of even people who have a diabetic neuropathy when their right. sensation goes. Right. And those, that, that signal part of pain yep. that, I, you know, the, the first part that signals like up the nerve yep. into, if you don't have that, you know, pain is protective. Yep. It's, it's part of the human experience. We need it. Without it, we die. Well, and <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Jesus and, and his relationship to pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bible is full of reference to pain, mm-hmm. um, whether it be physical pain, my bones are wasting away, you know, as I get older, you know, all the references to that, um, or the mental pain, you know, mm-hmm. I, I weep through the night and and how long will I be in torment, you know, um, um, the, the scripture is just very honest about that, um, that pain is something that... Um, is a reality of the human condition, and it's also a pathway. It's a pathway at times to say, okay, wake up, call. This has got to change um, within relationships, within all kinds of different different aspects. It's it's also a pathway very often to a deeper connection with human, other humans, um, to to um, uh, to God. Mm-hmm. H- have you have you seen any of the stuff on um, uh, neural pathways and empathy? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, how's that work? Do you know how that works? Or you know what I'm talking about? Well, in terms of being connected with a pain conversation yeah. or just... So if I never experienced pain mm-hmm. of any kind, yes. I couldn't have any empathy for your pain. Right. And be, so again, they put people in these machines and people who had a certain painful experience, and then they show them a picture, another person mm-hmm. having that painful experience... And that same pathway lights up when they think about theirs and they think about another person. Mm-hmm. And what that then allows, then, then the other parts of their brain where we measure things like compassion and empathy and higher brain function, those light up too. Yeah. So there is a form of shared humanity yes. that comes through pain. Yeah. Yeah. And there is like, you know, this is all healthcare, you know, anyone who works with people who are undergoing a painful experience, I think would would agree agree with me that in that space of walking along someone on their painful journey, that is sacred space. Right. And being able to understand the the depth and the breadth of that experience from the bio, you know, the biological, but also the psychological toll mm-hmm. it takes and the social implications right. and the spiritual disheartenment and discouragement yeah. like understanding that and walking alongside of someone it, it just becomes this i don't know i i'm i'm helplessly kind of almost dependent on my this is totally so unhealthy i i need my patients more than i do <laughs> they i get more yeah. when someone comes in even if they're in the bottom of the pit right and at the pit i say I know your pit. I haven't been in that exact same pit, but I know that pit. Yep. That's a pit's full of it. Um, it's it's hard. Yeah. Right? But I'm with you. It's brotherly love. It's filial, right? Yeah. It's like it is brother. It's like I am with you. And right. think about what is the message that we want. We want to hear from God. Right. He's with us. Right. And I think that's where we're the most united with God is when we're experiencing great love 
or great suffering. And pain is often great suffering, Mm -hmm. but in it, there can be love. There can be self-love, self-forgiveness, self-understanding. You know, um, I was thinking a little a little earlier when you were talking about this idea of, you know, you had mentioned the fight or flight, mm-hmm. right? And so often when we have such an adversarial relationship to pain right. and to our body, we want to fight it or we want to flee it. Right. Well, what happens when we fight or flee is our whole system ramps up. Right. Right? Right. Sometimes the best approach is just breathe. Right. No, I am. Breathe. Like the most ancient of things that, right. that we could be that we could be told and reassured we're not alone. Now, I do want to say pain is normal. Yep. Like it is a normal part of the human experience. Right. But living in pain 24-7, yep. all the time, every day, in and out, where it's completely disrupting your life yep. and your relationships and your mental health and you like we are not, that is not life. No. Right? No. So there is this, there's this tension between a certain amount of acceptance. Yes. And finding your values and finding what's really important and, and creating a plan to lean into that despite the pain. Like, right. despite the pain can become a mantra. It has to become a mantra sometimes. Yeah. Right? So, so that's the tension. Like, on the one side, we accept and we move on. But on the other side, we do. It's that opportunity to step back and say, what might this be telling me? Right. Right. Um, I was thinking, whatever we focus on gets bigger. Right. Right. Have you ever noticed that? Like, oh, yeah. Whenever, if Rick and I are in a fight. Right. Did you, I, I never noticed how loud he breathes <laughs> until we're in a fight. Right. I'm like, ah. <laughs> right. So everything is amplified. Right. So when we're in pain and we're focused on the pain and that experience and we're, and we're, you know, reading everything we can find out about it. And, and again, knowledge is power, and I'm all about that, but there's a lot of nasty knowledge out there on Dr. Yes. Google, Wikipedia.com too, yes. right? So when, when, we're, when it's all we talk about or all we think about and it's our whole focus, it can't help but grow bigger. Right. Right? We're feeding right. it. So there, it's finding, that, finding the space in the tension. And, the, and there's, there's not a right way and a wrong way. Yep. It's just some days are good, some days are bad. You know, <laughs> We started having a conversation about having this conversation last winter, mm-hmm. actually, because we were actually pre-COVID getting ready to prepare a message series, you and a couple other people in the church, we were going to call it My Rowdy Friends. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of this series is that there's there's these things that come in our life, and they're like a friend who comes in our life, and they stay too long, they make a big mess, Um but they add a lot to our life. Mm-hmm. And um, th- we were going to talk about pain. We were going to talk about anxiety. We were going to talk about fear. We were going to talk about depression. That these things that our culture says, oh, if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Low tolerance in our culture for them. And we were going to talk about how um, very often those are things that God sends into our life that he can use. But again, um, we just, you know, it, our culture is saying, I just want them to leave. I just want them to leave. I just want them to leave. But they have things they want to teach us. They have things they want to give us. They have things that they want to um, to uh, show us. And and one of the things 
that you know, I think we're saying here, and we really want to say about that is that we're not saying just suck it up, buttercup, and mm-hmm. live with it. We're, we're not saying, hey, uh, your pain's not real. We're saying it's very real, but there is a place where it, it, it's even hard to say because some people, their pain is just, this is not going to work for them. But other people, this makes sense. You make friends with your pain. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that you, this is something we're going to, uh, talk about in the spring in a series we're going to do in the spring. It's not that we're just saying try harder, do more, but it's also saying we're, we're not saying don't try. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a term that I've recently heard some people talk about that I really like. It's it's try softer. Yeah, try oh softer. God. You know th- this idea that okay, I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to learn from it, I'm going to find out sources and causes and do whatever I can to to minimize it. But I'm not going to make it my all or nothing perfectionist, I'm going to get rid of it or I've failed. Mm-hmm. Or because it's going to be part of my life, I'm going to despair about ever being happy or having joy again. You know, it's avoiding the extremes of either one. Right. Yeah. Well, if you go back to the notion that, you know, pain is informative, it's yeah. a protector. Yeah. So sometimes it has got a very legitimate threat that it is giving us some information about, right? right? That's why really good medical care screening for red flags because sometimes there is urgent, there's something urgent going on that, yep, we got to get that that disc bulge off of that nerve root or you're going to have a floppy foot for the rest of your life, right? Right, right. Like that's a legitimate thing. that we Do what you can. Yes. So get, you know, screen those red flags and that's where your, you know, healthcare providers have to be, you know, on their toes with mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So get good care. But on the flip side, there are times when when we can just expect as life goes, like if the chips are down, if if I haven't slept good and in, in a week and I, you know, my boys and I are fighting all the time and I all I'm eating is <clears throat> confession, uh, Christmas cookies and mm-hmm. Reese's trees as the mainstay <laughs> of my nutritional plan. Um, and, and all of a sudden, that pesky old, you know, kind of sore leg acts up again. Yep. What might that be telling me? Yes. Like, hey, old friend, can you please take a little bit better care of me for a while? Yes. Right? And, yes. And I, and, and I can choose to, when I understand my pain, I can choose to say, you know, here here comes this experience. I'm experiencing this. And I can almost say to that pain, like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Right? I'm not, like, I, I'm just going to go on and do that hike, even though I, it hurts. Like, thanks, but no. Yeah, I it, I know what you're, you know, I know what you're telling me. I'll take care of it next time, right? Or, or a little bit later. So, but but finding, making peace with pain, I think is, and kind of coming into this symbiosis, like, I sometimes think of like pain as a bodyguard. Yes. Like this big protective big brother that just doesn't want any, you know, and sometimes it's like, hey, back off. Right. I, I, I want to go out and. and Roadie friends. Sometimes yeah, you got to establish, friend. you yeah. got to establish a boundary that it's time for you to leave. And I, I can, you know, you know. This is actually a good place to segue because I'd like to actually wrap up this session and then okay. we're going to come back in a minute and let's talk about a little bit about our relationship to pain um, and then we want to talk a little bit about listening to our pain mm-hmm. and then we want to talk about um, you know what we can do for the person who is listening to this and saying, I'm just in a lot of pain right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so all right, so we're going to continue that in just a minute uh, and uh, actually in the next podcast you guys will get this and uh, we'll talk to you then. <laughs> 